What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? Thank you for so thank you for so joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert. Spoilers! Oh God, no! Uh, <sighs> should I try a different scream every week now until so we guess. get to the right one? Yeah. Mm. You know what? You know what? You know what? That'll help us with listeners. All right. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Hello. And no. Hey. So, here, here's the thing, my cherished listeners. Did I Take two. You? Oh. Here's the thing. So, I, uh, we did, we did a whole, we did uh, 20 minutes of a show just now. And we, we, it was so good. It was Home Dad Abroad emailed us. We responded to that. Puddentane sent us an, uh, a voicemail. Jim sent us a voicemail. And that was only and, three minutes. The other 17 was literally gold. one of the most expressive emotional lovely lovely yeah. uh, adorable kind of dangerous 20 minutes kind of spiteful ever kind of on a podcast yeah. i've ever heard in my entire life yeah so but the skype call recorder didn't work nope. so uh here we are again we're gonna read those emails next week <laughs> and uh, those voicemails but uh to be frank fuck it because we're you know we're gonna move on but where we left off was uh we never got a chance to hear Mark underscore L underscore Miller's response to the film Aquaman. Go. Aquaman. In well, 12 parts. Aquaman Go. was a movie. <laughs> it, uh, it, they, they tried, they tried to put too much into the movie. Yes. That's, um, five minutes of the trench and that's it. You know, it's like, that was a whole kind of, that was like, that was a great story by Jeff Johns. I love the trench. It was scary. It was cool. Mm -hmm. Then they go to freaking, um, the place where Warlord is like Sakaar and, uh, with the dinosaurs and shit. Oh, Savage Land? Yeah, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, so I just felt as if they were trying to squeeze a three movie trilogy in with, into one movie. Um, and and really, honestly, aside from Ocean Master and Black Manta, I mean, what's what bad guys left? Like, yeah. are we going to do the Scavenger? Are we going to do the Fisherman? I mean, the, these are not movie <laughs> characters. Yeah, like these Humanity? are not vanity. Or I mean, these are these are not villains that that are going to be able to hold a, an entire movie. Um, I, I think Jason Momoa is a charismatic lead actor, but um, I do feel that um, he, he just wasn't written. The, the script wasn't strong. The visuals were great. Um, I think it was it was poppy. It has a lot of eye candy, but um, it just tried tried way too much. Yeah, yeah like 30% less movie would have been awesome and yeah. 40% more, I don't know, emotional intent would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, and and one of the things that I think was really missing was just a, a strong um, a comic writer. Um, to, and it, it's not like there's a lack of 
com- comedian, like comedy writers out there in Hollywood. I mean, a lot of the the humor that was in it was just dumb, kind of yeah, not even sitcommy, but slapstick. Sure. I could have peed on it. Well, yeah, that I was actually yeah. that was actually like maybe one of the only like surprisingly funny lines though. Yeah, like the rest was, of it was I just that, like puns. Him fa- yeah, like or him garbage. falling in a hole where they're in the desert and him falling into a hole and her diving in after him. It's just little, just just and really forced. Like him, like Mira and and Aquaman don't like each other at the beginning, and of course they're going to fall in love, even though there's absolutely no real chemistry. It's just yeah. all of that stuff. I, I mean, I really feel that um, visually it was cool. I like seeing him in the gold suit. Orm, I, I think Ocean Master looked really cool. Patrick Wilson is a good actor. Call but, me um, Ocean Master. Nah, yeah. dude, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Can I just call you Bob? At least, at least they went out of their way to explain that it's a rank. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, I like, I, yeah, I like that. I was okay with that. Um, there, there could have been a whole kind of – a whole almost trilogy. They just don't have faith in their product to kind of rely on a, a trilogy. Um, but they that. could have had a trilogy of him – kind of discovering who he was and then going on this quest to get the tridents and then finally having a big battle at the end. Well, but. apparently we are in the minority in thinking this because it's made it's, over a billion it's dollars. It's a billion dollars and it's, yeah. you know, the greatest movie that's ever existed We're for some assholes. corners of the internet, and I, which I don't no, really get. I think people just really still like superhero movies and there are no other superhero movies out right now. So... This is what you got. Just like Venom. I Venom, I, I don't care what people say. I think it was a really badly written movie with the same type of really bad uh, forced kind of comedy and conflict. Yeah. That wasn't – I mean it, it, it was I, It was a little bit more entertaining because I like Tom Hardy. I think I w- he's a, a cool actor. But yeah, I, I was I – Yeah. No, I was going to agree with you. Like, I was going to say like the – um um. Venom was oddly like they were the same problems, but it was more enjoyable. It was almost more fun to watch because it was smaller and it was simpler. Is that yeah. why? Because I've been having trouble with that. I've been mm. search, soul searching and trying to figure out why did I come out of Venom going, oh, that was kind of fun. I didn't mind it was that. Small and simple. It was bad, but it didn't bother me. And then I walked out of yeah. Aqu- I couldn't wait to get out of Aquaman. Yeah, it was just too long. I started to fall asleep at the at the very end of it during the big battle when everyone should be juiced up and ready for like a like, you know, ready for the big final fight. I was just like my eyes were like visually taken to the limits as yeah. far as like then <laughs> you, you you see these fucking crab people for no reason and then there's just there's dragon seahorses and all this stuff that it's they really did do the stuff. whole kitchen sink. It, it, you're right. Yeah. It's a trilogy of of movies truncated into like one shitty package, or what is yeah. it like? Um, uh, a five pound sack with, filled with like ten pounds of shit. Oh. What's yeah. that euphemism? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, ten well, pounds it, of shit in a five pound sack. I think the closest yeah. thing I think it it can be compared to is is the the Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. I think that um, once again they tried to have it all um, in that in that movie and it the movie suffered for it um didn't you and, i i i feel like on social media jd actually shared an article about green lantern like with the success of venom and um aquaman now was green lantern like five years before its time 
Just as it I is, don't know. as it was. From the success of Venom and the success of Aquaman, I go. I, I think I agree. If Green Lantern came out right now, people would be all over it. Yeah, they'd be like, "This is this is this is wonderful. This is this is just fun, guys. It's just fun." Well, especially after Deadpool, it's like yeah. Ryan Reynolds can do no wrong now, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Uh, I I do think that Ryan Reynolds did a decent job as Green Lantern. I just oh, think yeah. that the story the story around it just didn't didn't match up same thing with jason momoa they just need stronger writers in there i mean I, I, sure it's great to have james wan in there who's really good at at the visual stuff but you need a strong story behind it all and it, it zach snyder is not the guy to go to for that uh obviously joss whedon needs to be uh, like able to steer the whole ship and able to be effective maybe they do need just james gunn over there just and just give him the reins and let him take over the entire universe and uh you know make it the gunverse the dc the <laughs> yeah. dc gunverse i would i would totally get behind that for what i've seen him do with uh um all the guardians movies so yeah, oh well we'll ever get another guardians movie uh all right let's get started oh, on yeah. some reviews of this week's comic <coughs> books captain marvel number one from marvel um called uh was it re-entry it's written by Kev- kelly thompson with art by carmen carnero and color artist tamara bonvillain so did uh, did any of you guys read life of captain marvel it was a, a five issue miniseries that just wrapped up i read the first two issues i, didn't um, I read it. the first three issues uh and then i didn't have any copies of four and five to read because my my, my customers bought them all <laughs> so uh i actually was quite enjoying it and i've been looking forward to this i found it to be a really great jumping on point for this character especially in lieu of this movie that's coming up Mm -hmm. i like the relationship between her and spider woman i haven't seen spider woman in a a hot minute i like that she's back um yeah i thought there was a lot to enjoy about this what did you guys think mark well oh oh hold on are we talking are life the life of captain marvel Marvel number one well i was gonna say like if anybody's even interested or doesn't know anything about i think just from the two issues of the life of captain marvel it read like uh, an old DC super or secret origin. Mm-hmm. Like it was uh, mo- like in continuity, but kind of a retelling of an origin. Oh, they revealed some shit that. Yeah. So it was, new. it was nice. Yeah. Uh, and I liked what I had read. So yeah. pick that up and trade. Yeah. It comes out this Wednesday. Hey, uh, Mark, what'd you think, bud? Uh, Life of Captain Marvel left me um, unsatisfied. I think I, I just wasn't, it was a little bit way too much soap opera e and mm. less uh less action i'm 100 <laughs> yeah agreed. This, this this issue was a, a little bit better um i i have to say that out of all of the the captain marvel first issues that's come out in the last two years <laughs> yeah. um we this is her fifth series or or so in the last two or three years um she uh uh, at least this one has some action in it, has some guest stars, has some has a villain. Although the villain, it's like, come on! <laughs> I mean, it's they might as well have called this guy Toxic Masculinity Man. Uh, it's <laughs> just all it was was or Mister Misogyny. They should have just called him that. Um, it was just uh, just a guy who thinks all women should bow down to. Well, him his name was actually him. Machismo, wasn't it originally? Yeah, Ma- Machismo. Yeah, which I always thought it was Machismo. Is it Machismo that phrase that term? I think it's uh, 
I always said machismo. But uh, you know what? I'm thinking of uh, it was a burrito place <laughs> called Machismo. But um, yeah, now his name is Nuclear Man, which of course reminded me immediately of the DC character from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Who's now yeah. in canon. Yeah. That really bugged Mark. Yeah, he yeah. really did. <laughs> bug me. I wanted more from him. Um, and I didn't want, I want less of this guy and more of the other Nuclear Man. Um, I agree. I, I don't know. It's just, I, it, that was a little bit too on the nose um, yeah. as far as like it's you know empowered woman fighting this guy and, who hates and women beating him yeah so um other than that um i think that this is probably the strongest first issue that we've gotten from captain marvel mm-hmm. not to say that i am super stoked about the character still i mean it this is really still just for me it's just a bland character i i i never was interested in carol danvers and they've yet to come up with a with a quirk, with a problem, or anything, or any type of character trait that that I've really been interested in, in order to like want to follow her uh, on a from an issue to issue basis. I don't know about you guys, but that that's just with me. The last time I liked her was when she was an al- when Kurt Busiek wrote her in the Avengers, and she was an alcoholic, and she was really. Um, relating with Tony Stark with him being a former alcoholic and uh, he was really trying to help her and she was getting drunk and going out and saving the day, but still kind of trashed. And that was, that was interesting to me. What run was this? What are you talking about? When did this happen? This was, it was like before John's run. It was, it was a while ago, huh? Quite a while ago. It was right around when Avengers forever, right around when Avengers forever. She's recovering alcoholic. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. It was a, it was actually a point of, it was like one, character plot point in civil war 2 also wow oh, i don't remember that, that. The, the two of them understand like alcoholism well just recovery just recovery yeah, in general yeah. oh, that's um neat. the last time that i really really enjoyed reading her was uh bendis's run of uh avengers mm-hmm. what was it mighty avengers right after secret yeah. invasion he mm-hmm. turned the character completely around made her an a-list <laughs> character and i i to, totally loved it but how did he do single, that like what did he what did he do what did he do? I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it's it's hard to pinpoint. After uh, during House of M, she she was just a what she was a side character in Jessica Jones or in Alias. Mm-hmm. After House of M, in in the House of M universe, which they all remember or a handful of them remember, mm-hmm. she was like the A list superhero in that alternate reality, and she just decided like I need to be better. Yeah, I need and, to step up. And then she became a part of, of Bendis' Avengers, and then she eventually led the team after Civil War and into Secret Invasion. Oh. Like, she just became a really fun character, and then I'm not exactly sure where I lost track of it. Maybe it was the numerous relaunches. She's had just as many books as, like, Iron Man has in the last five years. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, every 12 issues or so, they do relaunch, or they give her an ancillary title or, or a different mini and stuff. Yeah, I, so I, I just kind with, of lost. I agree with Mark in that she doesn't have that. You know, you, a lot of these characters you can look at as a as a comic book fan and go, "Oh man, could you imagine if they made a movie out of this storyline from that character?" Like, oh, if they're making yeah. a Captain Marvel movie. Here's the storyline that they have to use for that film because this is their go to storyline. This is no. their character defining run, and she does not have that for me yet. She's a character that I find charming. I love her costume. I like hanging out with her. I like her best friendship with um, Spider Woman, stuff like that. But uh, I don't know who her main villain is. 
I don't know what her main struggle is. Do you mm. know what I mean? Nuclear man. Nuclear man. Yeah. So, Misogyny. <laughs> yeah. So um, other than being a superpowered woman in a superpowered man's world, I, I want a little bit more from the character, and I think she deserves more. Okay. Let me put on – say say all of a sudden the world ended and I became the head of Marvel Comics. You know, what, you know what I would do? Tell me. I would – I, I would honestly I would I would kill Carol Danvers and I would pass on the the Captain Marvel mantle to Jessica Jones. Huh. Imagine imagine how interesting that character would be about how we know Jessica Jones and all of her flaws. She is like the exact opposite of um, Captain Marvel, where she has almost too much story, too much um, relatability, too much you, you know she's got so much character. That I would ra- I would much rather see her struggle with these powers than Captain than Carol Danvers for some reason I don't know why but it's it, for some reason Carol I Danvers. I mean I would read the shit out of that. What if somebody? I was going to say somebody just really misses Jessica Jones. <laughs> I agree. With I, you. Well, I do, I do, but I think yeah, that yeah, too. Jessica Jones is just a great character, I, uh, a great you know an original character. But I think that she doesn't have that. I mean, she was Jewel, but I I would never see her stepping back into the Jewel sort of thing. Yeah, but too I could, embarrassed by it. To, yeah, yeah. To, to your point, like, I, I agree with you because that was like again, like I keep we keep talking about characters that are like indelibly entwined with Bendis's 17 year long Avengers run. But that was one of my favorite parts of the new Avengers, which was her being kind of a de facto member of the team. And then an official member of the team because of Luke Cage fighting that, um, you know, ability to jump in, but the desire, the impetus was to not, which was an awesome story. And that's pretty yeah. much what you just described, giving her a mantle, but then her not wanting to be a part of it. Yeah, but reluctantly taking it because it's like such an awesome responsibility that, you know, it's one of those things that mm. that she would she has to fill the void almost, you know. But um, I don't know. And also, I the other reason why I was never a big fan of Carol Danvers is that I was such a big fan of Mont- Monica Rambeau. Oh, um, you know, I've never read uh, – the only reason I know Monica Rambeau at all really is because of Next Wave by yeah. Warren Ellis, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. But she was Captain – what, Photon or – She was Photon. Captain Marvel. She was like the – like, well, she was Captain Marvel before this Captain Marvel was Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, but then she, she was, became Photon, right? Yeah, yeah, and then Carol Danvers got slipped in the role. But but I did – I just felt like – Or something like that? She was – she was uh she had like some type of light powers but she just uh yeah i just think that that she's a stronger character as well um i don't know why it's just for some reason carol danvers just is a void for me and all these other characters that could play that role just don't really uh they 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 feel like i i would just i would be on it in a second like Mm. it's as far as like the number one female superhero of the Marvel universe. Well, I think, I think that we've all kind of come to the same conclusion separately is that we have no problems with the character and kind of like it it goes from indifferent to really, really like the character, but none of us can really nail down or come up with a seminal run of hers or a main story. So maybe hopefully this is going to be the beginning of that. That's what I was getting ready to follow up with was despite that, every time I pick up a Captain Marvel number one, I go, I hope this is it. Yeah, because there's something about there's something. Whereas, there. whereas you, we have the same opinion, Mark, but you don't 
like I don't want to say you don't care. You're not interested. I am interested. I want I want them to do something good with it and interesting. But uh, and I think Life of Captain Marvel spoke to me. Uh, but I also agree that it was very. Um, what did you call it? Soap opera. Soap operatic. Very, soap operatic. Yeah, it's very soap operatic. Uh, but yeah. I just happened to enjoy that. So, um, yeah, I want this number one to be the beginning of the seminal Captain Marvel run. Well, it's a good start. Like, they, they end her in a really interesting cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and alternate I love the, universe. Cool. Yeah. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> oh, Mark's out. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I like the – I like the – so my favorite my – favorite, page of this is the first page where they essentially give you her origin and history in one word captions yeah and a nine panel grid but i loved and i'm a sucker for like design details i loved that they they brought that back with introducing this alternate universe with a card around her revolution where the yeah. third panel of the top grid would go giving her a new title mm-hmm. which i i love shit like that that pulls it yeah. all together uh, so hopefully yeah. you know we'll see um, all right, let's move on to Criminal Number One uh, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Now, I've only read about half of this issue only because of time constraints before we got started here. Uh, I do want to say that Criminal is a great, great comic book. If you haven't read it, you should absolutely pick it up. There's about seven volumes of it so far. And it doesn't matter which one you pick up first. It's like Sin City yeah. in that they're all interchangeable as far as chronology goes. Mm-hmm. So uh, pick up literally any of them. Start reading this book. It's fantastic. This is seems like, um, I don't want to say return to form because it never left the form. But um, yeah, these two guys doing their work together always seems to be top-notch comic booking. What did you guys think? Noel. Well, um, I also was under time constraints. I didn't finish this issue but then i realized i did realize halfway through or not being able to finish it that i consumed almost exclusively consumed all of my criminal and trade yeah so it was it was a little bit of a different experience knowing that it was going to end soon and then all i would have was back matter Mm -hmm. so maybe i was subconsciously going slower so another another quick little note to the listeners um, yes, most people, I think, are reading this in trade paperback. But I think what you're going to miss out on and what you have missed out on mm. is that the issues that they put out are very specifically designed for single reading. So they want you to come into a comic shop and pick this up. They they put in interviews, reviews, and all sorts of back matter into the back of the issues. Mm-hmm. This issue has, um, by Kim Morgan and illustrated by Sean Phillips, a discussion on Blood Simple, the, 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 the first Coen Brothers. Brothers film. So it's definitely worth picking up in issues if you're into that sort of stuff. Mark. Yes. Did you I, read it? I totally agree. I think, well, this issue in itself, I, and I did get to read the whole issue, I think that <laughs> it, it, it just shows goes to show you how strong of a writer Ed Brubaker is, how I don't get to read um, enough of Red, uh, for, of uh, Ed Brubaker's stuff. And I, I, I want to seek out – I don't know if I've, seen, I've read all of these uh, back, back issues of this series, but I I do want to go back and and check it check it all out. But it it um, this issue in itself was really really good. Um, it takes its time to really even introduce you to the protagonist of the story. Um, it's really about this kid that goes in and he's trying to steal this this necklace from this guy and it tells this story about how this guy gets this necklace and then the kid steals the necklace and tries to sell it in order to get his dad out of prison 
And then when his dad gets out, that's when the real story begins. So you get what what we're really sort of privy to is the first 15 minutes of a movie mm-hmm. where um, you get kind of caught up as far as where uh, this lawless guy is. Um, he's kind of stuck. He, he was in prison and uh, his kid gets him out, but he uses goes the wrong way, goes about it the wrong way to get it, um, steals from the wrong person. And then he ends up being basically indebted to. Uh, these people and he's he's got to f- come up with twenty five thousand um, dollars all of a sudden like just very quickly he's got to mm-hmm. come up with that this type of movie so it's a very easy hook it's it's very john wickish a little bit where yep. it's it's uh you know one thing leads to another to another just think of this li- this young dumb kid as um you know the the eunuch from uh not the eunuch the guy who gets his uh balls cut off or or his dick cut off in uh game of thrones <laughs> Oh. You know, that that what's his Reek? name reek yes uh just think of him as reek and uh this guy lawless as john wick having to basically do this stuff um or actually no this this guy is actually the dad of john wick or john of or i'm sorry he's the dad of reek <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> he's the dad of reek who has to basically dig himself out of this hole that his son has dug for him right basically. It's like a uh, Russian nothing just, doll of metaphors. Yeah, like, yeah. Metaphor. but he just <laughs> doesn't. He just there's just no John Wick. It focuses yeah. on the dad. There's, okay, but, so so it's like John Wick, but watching, uh, watching Game of Thrones, and in Game of Thrones. Well, the actor it? who's in John Wick who's is in like, Game of Thrones. Is, is Reed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but is this explode. is all to say you should be reading criminal. <laughs> yes. It's, it's just not a simple story, no. but it's, it, it's not a simple story, but it is, it's cool. It does remind me of blood simple as how, um, one crime leads to another leads to another and it, it compounds upon itself. And it, it, that's often the sort of, uh, uh, lesson you can learn from all of these crime stories where it's like one, it, it's, it, you're going down a slippery slope just by committing the one crime and it, it it you just go get further and further into that hole and it's so hard to get out of that hole as mm-hmm. once you've once you've committed that first crime and it leads to a series of other crimes that um, digs you in deeper so um, I'll tell you what I've learned from what, from reading these criminal books C- crime seems terrible crime I don't, doesn't I don't want to I want I don't want to do crime like <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It, you, it's not fun. You, who gets away? Like, yeah. I mean, I the feel only like person it, that gets away would be a smooth criminal. He'd be able to get away. Shamon. Shamon. <laughs> slow, slow clap. clap. Yeah. Good. So I think we all agree that uh, you should be reading Criminal. Yeah, take yes. any trade or start this new series. You can't really lose. Yeah, or and, if you like, and holy shit, this art is amazing. Oh, well, it's Sean, Sean Phillips, Phillips, man. He's so, yeah, he's it's, good. Yeah, it's so good. It's yeah. it's very sketchy, but boy, is it raw and uh, well, really well done. Uh-huh. Um, also, uh, if you want another good one, just just for shits and giggles, scene of the crime, another really good one by those two fellas. Uh huh. And the fade out oh, and. Fade out. Sleeper and Sleeper, Ooh, mm, so good. They've been making shit for the last decade plus. Yeah. All right. So here's another number one: Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number one, Mother of Exiles by Tom Taylor and Juan Cabal, with color art by Nolan Woodard. So uh, I wasn't sure why this was happening yeah. until I read it, and I went, "Oh, this is Hawkeye." The book by was it Ed Brubaker, right? 
No, no Fraction. fraction. No, and Matt it was, Fraction. Yeah, Matt Fraction. And it was basically all this stuff that happens in the neighborhood Hawkeye lives in in between Avengers uh, shenanigans. And so that seems like what they're doing here is instead of all, uh, you know, saving the city, saving the world, this is very microcosm in that uh, it's Peter dealing with stuff in his immediate neighborhood. So making that comparison, though, the that wasn't what made – Hawkeye interesting. No, no, no. I would say that's what well, no, I mean, why I, it succeeded. I'm say, yeah, I'm saying like if if that's what they were going spot, for, yeah. this is an abject failure then because that was taking a simple concept of like the neighborhood or the building which which he lives, mm-hmm. but putting it through an incredibly stylized filter mm-hmm. and caricature. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just fine. It's. It, it, I, I felt. I mean, I understand it's supposed to be friendly neighborhood stuff, but it's just too low stakes for me. Hmm. Um, I, mean, I mean, the scene with the little girl trying to smash his spider on his chest—that was cute. cute. Squish. That was hmm. cute. Um, I mean, there were parts that I didn't mind in this. I liked it that he was about to take a punch um, and thinking that, like, he didn't want to give away his his uh, secret identity, and then he gets punched harder than he thought yeah. he was and he gets, yeah, knocked, he actually out. gets knocked out and i do yeah. love the the lady he got groceries he carried groceries for uh, i've never had a lover stolen i've always given them away she's like a real sassy lady yeah i like her too she's full of sass um well, piss I don't and vinegar re- that one i read this <laughs> i read this almost a week ago what what's the plot does oh guy show up why does he turn into a demon to show his spidey sense Oh yeah, yeah that really bugged the hell art, out of me. It's an interesting artistic it's choice. It's just a, yeah, it's just a new way of showing uh, angry, possessed. He's got yeah. looking um, Namor, all white eyes. Just, yeah. It's it's not cool. Like yeah, I, I actually, it took me it took me out of the book, and I was like, "Is that the bad guy? No, no, no. That's supposed to be Peter." Okay. I yeah, it's definitely much more Doctor Strange sense than Spider sense. I think it feels yeah. Like he also, looks like he looks like Shade the Changing Man or uh, yeah. or Damien Hellstorm. It looks like Fraser Irving just did one panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dormammu, he's possessed by Dormammu or something. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the backup story? Uh, I thought it was okay, but but before we do that, um, check out these homeless people, man. They are pretty <laughs> pretty clean homeless people. I mean, really? That's what homeless people look like in New York? They have bags under their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy's like kind of sort of he, – he missed a shave like a day ago. And uh, she's they, – they just look like, you know, I don't know. Well, they go to the shelter every night. They're local. They look like they're hiking. They, they <laughs> you know, they, like make real homeless people looking like homeless people. I guess that would be derogatory to homeless people to actually make them look accurate. Hmm. Like missing I mean, a couple of teeth. I mean, like these people have all their teeth. Look at this. Look at this homeless lady. She's, she's like cheesing, and she's got the whitest, pearliest, whitest teeth ever. Well, they have access to restrooms. I, I think. I think we'll make sure. <laughs> we'll make sure what? that that jacket is so out of fashion. Uh, <laughs> that was so, so last, last winter. Yeah. yeah. Well, like not his, not his North Face knockoff. I mean, her jean jacket. Oh, and she's wearing no, a that's... jean jacket and a turtleneck. I feel like no, that's. Years ago, that's being, that's goodwill. I don't know. I just feel like it, they could have really made some bum-looking people, homeless people. I love that. That's what you you're gravitating towards. Because you pulled up. Well, I thought, I thought that I, this was just fine as a big Spider-Man guy. Um, 
First of all, I didn't really care for the cover art. Usually I like Andrew Robinson's art, but this one, it just doesn't speak to me. Um, I like the feet. The feet yeah, it's, 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 it's I love weird. The, um, the interior artist didn't really speak to me. It feels a little stale um, style-wise. So yeah. um, I think it's kind of cute. It feels a little Chip Zarsky-ish without, I think, the thing that makes Chip Zarsky really uh, effective as a comedy writer. So um, it's cute enough. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. I feel like Amazing Spider-Man does such a great job that, like, this just feels really bland by comparison. This feels um, all ages in a way. Like, I know that it's it's set in current continuity, but I would give this to maybe, yeah. like, a 9- to 10-year-old. Yeah, that's that's accurate. I think that's good. Yeah. It's like a good jumping even on with, point if you just want to Spider-Man. Even with Boomerang, Boomerang in his underwear. In his, yeah. His even with Boomerang in his underwear, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the... He's he's listening to Scrawl Candy headphones. That, so I saw that. Up. That was cute. Oh, yeah, no. I got to go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> and then they well, and then they find two little alien babies. He finds two little alien babies. Aliens? Mutants? Who's it to could tell? be mutants. Yeah. They look like they're. They from... both look like they have spider sense, with their crazy ass <laughs> eyes. They have the same eyes. You're right. Uh, they look they're like they're from totally the village right. of the damned. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 second story is sad. I I I don't care. Like not I, the way they did the they did it this way. They should have incorporated this with the rest of the story. Hasn't she had cancer a couple times before? Aunt May, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. She's been. I thought she had. I mean, she's before. always on the on the cusp of a heart attack. She's had like heart problems, and yeah. maybe she. I'm gonna I ask my smartphone. You guys talk about it. It just it felt it felt shoehorned, slightly disingenuous, and just kind of like okay. But I'm not entirely sure that she's ever had cancer before. Mark, does she have, has she had cancer? I I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Noel's I checking so. that checking up. I, on that. I'm looking on Wikipedia. It might take too long, but I I. I just I I feel like she has been through the ringer of every single ailment and well, yeah, near she's death running disease. out of she's running out of I, options. I just I it felt like it felt Ooh. like an unnecessary pull, especially for like a weird back yeah. matter issue and done so like quickly. It, it felt disingenuous. Yeah, remember like, that time Aunt May like, got AIDS? Oh my god! <laughs> well, it I, it felt disingenuous. Like, what can we do to this woman? Yeah, what make, have we not done to yeah, her yet? Yeah, or like, you know, uh, it, it can only matter to Peter if we hurt this one of two people. Yeah. Like, come on, tell yeah. a better story. I don't know, I guess I'm just over it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, I just feel that because of, with a generally lighthearted front end of this this issue, it felt like it really ended on like a downer of a note, you know? Like, is this, this is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Cancer. Found a lump. Yeah, it it just it I mean, yeah, I I just don't this just felt like it should have been maybe an annual, like you know, a story in an annual that started out. Um that's why I think that if it were peppered in, it would have been okay, but just to end it on that note is just like, oh God. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel like I want to pick up a second issue of you know yeah. Aunt, a bald Aunt May, you know getting even more skinnier and mm-hmm. you know it's just not i don't want to I, I just don't want to read that story that's I mean, I like sorry that it's just way too point, close to real life i like where she doesn't give a fuck and she just tells wilson fisk off see i think yeah. she would have done that whether she had cancer or not oh maybe she did yeah i don't know i'm just saying oh, yeah, totally. I, I like this though um 
Yeah, I don't know. Are you guys are you guys going to keep up with this? No. Yeah. It, it depends. I mean, I might want to see. I want to see what the who the bad guy is. They kept mm-hmm. it so vague that I'm kind of curious about that, but not so much. It's not a burning question, and I and amazing is so good right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I I almost don't need a second spider-man book yeah um, if three or four months from now you like mark same i i feel like you're gonna say the same thing if three or four months from now we hear that like holy shit are you reading friendly neighborhood spider-man some crazy yeah. stuff is happening stick with it yeah i'll go back but is this gonna be on my pull list and i want to know what happens next not not really at um, all the thing that uh makes me curious is that it's tom taylor writing yeah and I, i've you know he was doing injustice and i thought he did a great job on that uh, what did he do after that? Or more recently? Uh, he did. He did. Uh, unc- he did the. Oh my the... god! Oh, I loved all new Wolverine. That's right. That's why I was so excited for this, and I've totally forgot why. Did he do something else? I don't know. He did the X Men, the um, the Jean Grey X Men Red. I didn't which, read that. No, it wasn't very good. No. Uh, but he also did. He did that last Batman annual with. Uh, that was really Alfred, good. He did Father's, Father's Day. Day. Oh, that was him. That yeah. was good too. He also, I believe, he did that Earth X kind of story that uh that rob liked um talking about earth 2 or maybe earth 2 that's what he oh, meant. Earth 2 that's what DC. i meant. yeah 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 from he DC. was writing that I think for a while you're that. right yeah yeah so all right green lantern number three by grant morrison and sharp liam sharp liam sharp thank you so much uh i only read the first issue of this series uh, i'm gonna catch up at some point but uh how, how did you guys feel about this and also, well, first of all, before I – how well you thought of it, what's it about? What's happening? Um, <laughs> on the larger scale or just this issue? Just this issue? Larger scale. No clue. Okay. Just this, this issue. Is... <laughs> uh, Planet Earth is stolen and now it's being auctioned off. Oh. Um, okay, that's cool. Stolen and shrunk by Sto- – Yeah, stolen shrunk. By Kanjar Row, Kanjar Row, and the Slavers. Um, Kanjar Row was a – was one of the first villains that the Justice League ever took on in the original Gardner Fox wow. uh, era. Um, that's the guys with the hive look, with like the, the honey, honey, honeycomb eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're very stylized from the original Kanjaro, but that is that's where these characters sort of came from. So they're slavers of civilizations, and they're auctioning yes. off planet Earth to do which, what you will. Um, okay, the All person right. or entity or whatever that buys planet Earth. It is called the Shepherd. Looks a mm-hmm. little bit like God or yeah, Hallmark but, God. Oh, okay. but he's he's taken he's taken that form in order uh, to yes, yes. kind of make everyone a believer in a supreme being. Yes, um, he really is. So a, he's a false I'm god. Trying, yeah, he's uh, like Green Lantern. Kind of shows his his original form, oh, yes. and We're Earth doesn't there. Earth doesn't care. That yeah, we're, well, hang on. Let's get we'll get there. We're actually we're gonna go through the whole goddamn issue because this is yeah. this is a fucking roller coaster weirdness. He's actually um, a terror terror He's basically a Galactus. Uh, yeah, he eats uh, DC plants. universe. Okay, that's cool. Um, but I do want to talk really really quickly about um, the the auction scene with Steppenwolf, the Dominion, <laughs> and a bunch of people trying to um, win Earth in that's an fun. auction, yeah. which is insane. Like an auction. Um, but anyway. And then they show the Justice League here. This is what's happening on Earth during this miniaturization. So, like, oh. the, he he kind of um, impacts or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of condenses time. Compacts. instead of te- Yeah, compacts. Instead of telling this whole story of what's happening on Earth, it happens outside of the panels of, like, 
the world in chaos and flooding and gotcha. days and nights are all awry just because they've been shrunken. But either way. Um, so wait, uh, now I, uh, that's what I didn't understand. This Justice League panel are they just frozen there? Yeah, they're 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 miniaturized. They're the size of bacteria, so oh. they're kind of stuck on Earth. Okay. Looking at that, that panel with the Justice League makes me uh, double down on the fact that I don't like Liam Sharp's artwork. This is rough. The, I the, mean, his I mean, Justice League is rough here. It's not even the whole Justice League. It's literally just Martian Manhunter that's rough. Or that hurts the most, I should say. I look at look at Superman. I know, but still, he's like, look at his look at his hair. His hair isn't yeah. in this pit, girl. It's crazy it's like, roided out Martian Manhunter, though. It's just it's so yeah. creepy with the arms. Look at look at Superman's spit, girl. Though yeah. it's like all sticking up like Ed Grimley. I would like take Mark, that. Mark <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, almost uh, uh, almost uh, <laughs> nice. I, you know what? And now I just noticed too, um, old school Captain America style like cuff boots. On Martian Manhunter, he yeah. always had those though. Does he? All right, I what else? He what else? He-Man boots. Anyway, so, all right, so, so God buys, God the, buys planet. the planet. The Green Lanterns uh, thwart that, um, and essentially Hal um, intersects God, who's you know doing his thing. Uh, tries to arrest him. He's like uh, the Shepherd. He calls himself. Is like um, the people of Earth fucking love this what i'm giving them because now that they're in my um sanctuary uh they have powers so uh and he's just like they they love it here it's gonna be great i'm gonna heal your planet everything's gonna be fine you're welcome yeah you're welcome uh don't worry about it we're good here and hal's like go eat a dick they're free to grow grow they're they're they roam free and grow fat in paradise yes um so hal tries to go talk to some people on earth and you know they're pretty much telling him like no, we're good, dude. Like wow. we could live shit and everything's oh, fine. He, he um, talks to Tom Kalatu. Tom Kalatu, which is Pie, pie Face. Yeah. Yes. What the fuck? Okay. All right, and then but, you know they don't he, call him Pie Face because that's a derogatory term now. But uh, he, um, back in the day, he was Pie Face. Hal finds out that the Shepherd is actually this giant Galactus monster alien thing Ooh, that's just gross. fattening up Earth yeah. um, to eat it, yeah. which would take about a thousand years. Yeah. He tells Earth this, and Earth is like, "No, I think we can live with that." And Hal's oh, like, so it's global warming. Yeah, and Hal's like, "You would forsake, you know, future your great great grandchildren for this?" And they're like, "We have superpowers, didn't you hear?" Yeah, like, holy it, shit, Earth doesn't care. <laughs> it's just, it really so is, it's, it's hilarious. Political. It's just like, yeah, but like, we have superpowers. I think you missed that part. Yeah, maybe we didn't make ourselves clear. So then Hal decides to detain slash arrest the entirety of humanity. <laughs> While he takes yeah. care of the shepherd. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then I lose the track a little bit. Well, don't, here, don't he spoil get, it for he me. He gets don't, Earth I'm, back. I'm, but in. Then, well, I'm in. But he does something incredibly weird and egregious at the end of the oh, issue. Okay. Uh, should we just – this is spoiler well, wait. alert. Well, hold on. Uh, what, what really kind of sets me is like, it's a, like the, the Justice League is kind of poised to be able to take on anything. But for some reason, there's this girl, and I don't know who this girl is. She's like, we don't need superheroes right now. We need a super cop. If he's not on Earth, Hal's out there somewhere. I guess that's, that's Carol Ferris. No, that's is the that... chick he was doing at the beginning of issue one. At is- in issue I even one. called Carol Ferris. Oh, that's right. Okay. I don't even know who that girl is. Neither do I, man. Well, you know what? She's... Now that we're talking about that girl, she reminds me of somebody. I don't know what her name was. But back in the Pat Broderick days of... Yeah, that's her. That's is that cowgirl? cowgirl? 
Yeah, that's Cowgirl. Oh, no shit. He brought Wait, back Cowgirl. Are you sh- well, so did Jeff Johns. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, she was uh she was another fighter pilot. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, and and I just I don't know. I just felt that that was a weird line because it's like the Justice League can I mean, the combined forces of the Justice League have basically broken the universe. I don't I think that they could they could probably handle this too, but they're they're like hyping up uh Green Lantern as sort of like this powerhouse that like that's beyond the Justice League and I I don't like that giving how that power set. I took it I took it as like an outside of the Justice League. Like like um I think that the other side of the story is that they probably were like either on the on the edge of fixing it or working around it, but it's like it doesn't matter cuz we're on the outside of the bubble. Um, I yeah. didn't I didn't think of it as a uh, the Justice League will fix it. But you're right, that's weird. Like why even show them? Well, I mean, you think yeah. with stuff like this, I like when they show them. Uh, I like when they're dealing with something on this epic scale because then I go, well, where the fuck's the Justice League? Yeah, but this way that they did it tells me nothing. It's just a splash page of them with – Awkwardly posing? Yeah, awkward poses. So it's like if it was if it was written in there of like the Justice League are working on it or they've tried everything and yeah. can't blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we don't need a superhero right now. We need a super, super cop. cop. What the fuck? If he's not on Earth, how's out there somewhere? Tom? Why do you need a super cop and not superheroes? What's your reasoning? What what makes what I think is like funny in my own head in hindsight is I read an art uh, an interview of of Grant Morrison's bef- like right when the run was announced that he was going to do this, yeah. and he like he wants to tell a really simple story about procedurals and just cops, and he's doing it through this. This lens. is the simple story. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I just read an allegory slash literal yeah. story yeah. about Grant Morrison, God, and Grant, Grant Morrison <laughs> shushes your lips. Yeah. And he goes, "Do you know how many drugs I've done? Yeah. <laughs> Do I'm you, on all the drugs. Do you know what simple this means? This is as it literal means as I get. Yeah, exactly. Thirty-two <laughs> dimensions. Yeah. Do you know we live in a ninth dimension? Um. So, uh, uh, but then it ends uh, with how trying to free the slaves that that slaver from the beginning had in his own personal vessel. Um, they were all dying, asking to be killed and, you know, save me. They're all kids, but they're aged. Yeah. Um, so he turns around to the slaver and he says, such them. is our way of life on door for what is the prime law of the universe? It's like, he's, he's basically, basically saying like, I am what I am. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> Wait a minute, Grant, wait, 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 wait. How uh, 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 Jordan just straight up murders the dude? It appears so. Yeah. I thought, oh, wait, they got rid of that, didn't they? The they, ring, the power ring. Yeah, the directive. Yeah. Used, they got rid of the, the kill. The, the, Green Lanterns can kill now. They have, oh, I they forgot have about that. That was back in Jeff Johns. Yeah, no, you're right. I think Venditti got rid of it, actually. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Um, wow, that is really strange. So all of this is to ask, do you like it? Um, and jury's still out. I don't know. Mark, I I think it's an oddity. I think it's 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 fun to look at and and read. Um, it's is it ever going to be as iconic as Jeff Johns' uh, take on the character? I I seriously doubt it. I think that this is this is just a weird. This is almost like a vertigo, like Green Lantern vertigo. Yeah, yep, that's uh, exactly what I'm getting out of it. You're right. Yeah, and I I don't I I mean it's I'm entertained, but I don't want a lot of this to be, uh, what do you call it, tome or what do you call it? You, you know, well, I in continuity. Yeah, I don't want this to be like the new status quo. No, it, it's, it's, it's I wish really this weird. was like 
all-star Green Lantern almost, yeah. you know, something that's like out of continuity and can do – you can do whatever he wants to. Um, it's interesting that he is – this is like a typical – like if you are looking at this as a cop procedural, this is the cop that, that's pushed too far yeah. uh, by the by the, the the system or by the criminal element that he's fighting. And he's just saying, screw it. I'm killing this motherfucker because that will make life better for yeah. so many other people. I he's get the Denzel that. Washington. No, I get that. But <clears> – <throat> In issue three, he didn't make a very good case by then. Like, we're not yeah. like it. We uh, we have no um, lead up to this to think that Hal is is um, you know riding that thin edge. Yeah. Well, I just read issue two, and he captures he captures Evil Star. Mm-hmm. The Evil Star gets his uh, his weapon taken away from him, and Evil Star is basically um, he's basically an old man, but the Evil Star weapon made him young and uh so without the weapon he becomes an old man again and um he's in pain he's dying he's there on the hospital bed and he goes to this nurse and he he tells the nurse uh um you know don't don't give him too many too many painkillers or anything like that this guy and, and call the authorities um, but let him wait and don't really treat him that much because he's mm-hmm. the murderer of a he's murdered a couple of planets, entire planets. Yeah, a couple and of billion so people. That's kind of a cold, you know, that's kind of a cold uh way of, of doing that, you know. But uh I know, I, I get it though. I, I mean that's, it's it, it it's a leap for the character. A, it is a leap. Like that's that's um that's passive and hard, but not murderous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To actively and then and it's not just the fact that he stepped over the line. It was the, his, his dialogue at the end. You all saw it. It was self-defense. Let's clean this yeah. mess up. It's yeah. like, oh, so not only is he overboard, but he's also now duplicitous like a villain. He's a – yeah, I don't like this. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, I don't care that much about Hal Jordan. Oh, fuck you. I love I Hal Jordan. St- I, still, I still liked Kyle Rayner. Okay. I, liked, I liked when Kyle Rayner showed up. Um, I did too. He's more relatable. I, I agree. Um, all right, give me that. What are you doing? Get out of here. All right. Next up on the list is I don't fucking know. It's uh, let's let's take a look. Gunning for Hits number one by Jeff. I don't wrote Rogvi, Ruby, Ruby, and Moritat. I didn't fucking read it. What's it about? Someone uh, tell me. Right, I didn't either. Oh. I read it. All, all right, right. You so- got hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, ooh, ooh, this is fun. I'm gonna do the timer. You get apparently one minute's not enough. We're gonna do two minutes. Make it a minute and a half. I minute, got this. Okay, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. But that's an hour. Hold on. One and a half hours. One and- <laughs> I got this. And then you'll edit it down to a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. Done. Make it a minute and thirty five seconds and I'll see if I can get underneath. A minute. No, we're doing a fucking a half. What's a thirty five seconds? Fuck you. Five seconds is very Here we go. Important. One minute thirty, go. Uh this is a very simple story told complicatedly uh which is not a word um it is a i guess it's based in like the 80s um 80s maybe early 90s when the record industry was um much stronger and bigger and cds were still new um it is cds cds uh it's a contract negotiation with um a, a new band and a seems to be a record label guy uh it goes back and forth um it gets a little weird <laughs> it gets a little dark you can hear and Jesus then <laughs> and then about 10 pages in it turns into a weird infographic telling the timeline of how 
record labels make money off of artists. And it's actually really funny. It's kind of interesting. But then it goes into um, this kind of awkward power struggle between those uh, the artists and the record exec that's doing the negotiation. And the artist's manager slash girlfriend says um, he's actually bisexual and he wants you, label guy, to suck his dick and me watch because that's, you know, we're going to be like it's a power play. Uh-huh. Um, he agrees to it, but then pulls out guns and says, "You know, this is this is how it's going to be." And then that ends. The, uh... Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, my, I only have one question. It's a record label guy that I guess used to be a hitman. Oh, oh, okay. That's that's the. So it was twenty ninety nine percent of the book was this really interesting offbeat conversation between the record label guy and this new band and and his inner monologue is they are going to be as big as they think they are really that fucking good i can't let them know that and he goes back and forth in his head the dialogue back and forth back and forth you've got this infographic in the middle that kind of tells you how it really does work Uh and then all of that goodwill is ruined when he pulls out guns and points them at them because he won't suck a dick it's a I very just think it's weird funny. book. The, the guy who did this is ri- this this writer is a record producer, um, and so basically, this feels like um, wish fulfillment for this record producer who also who, who already is probably I, I don't know maybe he's not successful. I mean I, I don't know, but it he's just feels comment. like it, it, it just feels like he's Passion. trying to you know, you know get like make his character sympathetic, make him be like the central character. When in most stories, the record producer is the asshole bad guy. So I, he was up until the dumb high concept hook of him having a quote unquote former career. Yeah. As a hitman. Previous. If that was even it, like they don't say here's, here's the big question. Are you going to read number two? No, not, not now. Like, if it was literally all the negotiation and all of that really, like, interesting information in kind of yeah. a tongue-in-cheek way, that was very entertaining to read. And it was really, really, really cool. It yeah, sounds it sounds really boring. It was, it was really fun, them going back and forth. And it, the key was his, is his inner, inner dialogue at the same time. So, like, they're asking for all these crazy things, and he's telling you how that's really going to shake out. And then he agrees with them in person. And it's just a back and forth, and it's really interesting to read. Like a, like a, a nice little tight three-way conversation interesting and then it gets all ruined with this fanciful i used to be different or bigger and i've got guns and this I is how used it's to gonna blow go people's fucking brains out for a living yeah click, is, click. okay is this is that hinted at anywhere else in the book he has one line of dialogue that says i used to eat people like or i used to eat up people like this for breakfast i used to eat pieces like of shit like you for you breakfast. You eat shit for breakfast? <laughs> he has he has a, he has one line of dialogue that's kind of like that, and it's so shoehorned in that you're like, oh, so he, so that's the that's the crux, like that's the twist of whatever the fuck's gonna happen. Like it happens very okay. unorganically. So uh, right, seems very, an awful long way to go to get to a it is a, a joke. Is. That's the why back, the very back of it says on October fifth, twenty eighteen. 
a first-time comic writer, appeared at a, on a panel at New York Comic Con with accomplished creators I admire. Jason Aaron, Jen Bartell, Joe Casey, Jerry Duggan, Kieran Gillen, and Stephanie Hands. At the panel, Image Comics informed slash warned the world about this oddball book starring an amoral sociopath with nothing to lose set in the shady NYC music business of the mid-80s. How did this happen? I wonder that Friends? myself. Yeah. Money? So the guy appeared on the panel, threw some money at him, and uh, so, so look. Bottom line: this, the art is great. Moritat is is fantastic. I disagree. I love his art; it's great. I've never liked Moritat. He was doing some Jonah Hex stuff. He did. And he I um. Don't like he it. did Aragonas's um spirit after Darwin Cook, I and am. it was great. Either way, everything that's normal, quote unquote, normal about this book. Is fantastic. Okay. Just the convert, like the the fanciful conversations of of this world that I don't know anything about, and then the information in the middle, which was really entertaining and told in a funny way. Okay. The hook of this book is just ruined all that. You're just gonna go ah, jeez. Yeah. So like now it's like I don't care anything about this story. Yeah. Ugh. I'm reading this. I'm reading this like back thing where he's telling about. Oh, in 1976, my interest in punk rock grew, and and it shows like something he does in this. It, it, this just this is such, this is such a vanity project. I, I I'm sorry. I mean, just from from I from people I know from myself who's a, like a struggling writer who come out and are trying and 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 humping it every day, just trying to get through and trying to break through in the in the industry, and this guy coming in and appearing on a music panel because he's a music producer and then just immediately getting a book that he he does it, it just it makes this makes me want to vomit this see now here's the thing here's the thing mark uh, i will counter that only by saying that when i first heard that um Fights. umbrella academy was coming out and who it was written by, Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I poo-pooed it, and I said, oh, Rockstar gets a comic <clears throat> book. La-di-da. Good for him. And then I read Umbrella Academy 1 and 2, and I went, ah, fuck. It's good. This is really good. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying there are, there are exceptions to the rule, and yeah. there, are, there are people with talent, but uh, I, I don't know. It's it, I, the just the, the back matter of this and the fact that Gerard Way didn't put a six-page – uh, timeline as to how like his, his career biography it, yeah his in, in the back of the book it's like you know i i don't know this just makes me nauseous looking at it I'm, i don't i don't ever, ever want to see anything like this book ever again i do <laughs> trade trade quote trade quote right there oh, this vanity it. project needs to go kill itself yes yeah all right please uh, all right well let's move on to uh another book i don't give a shit about uh ah! i almost dropped all the beers Turok from Val... No, from Dynamite. Turok. I thought this was going to be from Valiant. No, Um, Turok's not a Valiant anymore. So Turok, written by Ron Mars, and art by Roberto Castro, with colors by Salvatore Aiella, uh, from from Dynamite. Uh, I will never, ever... I I never say this about any characters, but I will never care about Turok. Isn't he a dinosaur hunter? Yeah, it's Turok. He had a video game too. That's the only. That's the only thing I know about Turok. He but is a dinosaur hunter. Okay. I feel like, and maybe I'm crazy here. Mark, do you, you like Turok? Don't you? Isn't he your, like? He's kind of like your dude, isn't he? Well, I I, I do like the character. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't I mean. call him my dude. 
He's, I, he's I, your go-to fictional character. That's, yeah. that's I have kind of other dudes. I have he's, other dudes that I he's like. He's your A number one <laughs> character. He's Got not. It. Go no, on. he's not. <laughs> of the Dynamite comics, yes, probably. Of all of the Dynamite comics. Um, he is a Dynamite kind of like, A number um, one character. Yeah. I got it. I heard that. Yeah. I do. <laughs> but um, Turok's story is that he's just like a he's a he's a Native American and uh, he was in the this this weird valley and he falls through a portal in the middle of the the I don't know southwestern desert falls through a portal and he ends up in the valley full of dinosaurs he goes back in time basically and he has he occasionally is accompanied by his little little boyfriend uh andar um not boyfriend as a like it's it's his like sidekick it's sort his, of sort of thing his uh tanto it's kind of his tanto yes if tanto had a a a, a mini tanto native america he's like a mini tanto yeah he's a mini so if tanto mini had Turok. his own tanto he's a boy Turok's a man the thing the the thing with this thing uh, the, with this whole book that kind of makes me snicker a little bit is the fact that there's a whole ambiguous ambiguously gay duo vibe to this <laughs> book I, look <laughs> i didn't read it and i'm literally i'm just flipping through it and I got to a, a spot them of, on the horse. of them on the horse, and then like the bright light happens, and it's it's like an ambiguously gay duo kind of panel right here. It, it oh, maybe they're gay. Is. Who cares? He says, "Brother, I don't understand." Gary, if it is, I don't. I mean, they don't. They don't say that, and there's there's never been history of that in the past. But if they want to revamp the character, is that that's fine, whatever. But uh, Wait, it's just brothers? kind of funny. I don't think so. Well, he keeps calling uh, him brother, and then he says, "Little brother." I have no idea, little brother. I think they're like they're you know they they might be from the same tribe. I don't know, um, but yeah, this is this is like a back to basics version of of the book, and I, mm-hmm. I I I admire it in the fact that it really doesn't offer any exposition, doesn't really give any like history or of like how why these guys are after these other guys. You know, it's just Turok's there. They they've got one of they've got uh, Andar um, tied up. Turok rescues him, and then they go after Turok. And then they follow him into this valley of uh, dinosaurs. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But, J.D., you were talking about how you miss Kyle Rayner. This is written by Ron Mars, who created Kyle Rayner. Mm. Yeah, I know. Calm down. uh, (laughs) Calm the fuck down, J.D. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just never, I've never cared about Torok. I think I've tried one or two of his number one reboots. And he's just not a character that speaks to me on any level. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, he's he was cool. I, I mean, I I didn't mind him when he was back in the Valiant universe. I do think that um, the Valiant Valiant is lacking because they don't have the those three characters like Doctor Solar, Turok, and Magnus. But um, they they're doing it. This is I like simple stories like this that take place in like nature and and. Uh, I mean, there's a bit of a sci-fi twist to it because they they go back in time, but not so much. I mean, these guys are primitive warriors in a even more primitive land, so it's 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 interesting to me. Now, is this, I, is this a reboot I'm, of Torok? It looks like it. Yeah. Okay. It seems to be a retelling. Okay. Yeah. Are you gonna stick with it? I might stick with this one for a little while. Oh, cool. Just to see. Just I don't because see I why like not. Simple... It's your favorite. 
character. Of Didn't we times. establish this early? <laughs> <laughs> in all written and visual fiction? I do like. <laughs> I do like. I, I do like uh, cowboy stories, like cowboys, mm. cowboys and Indians, cowboys and Native Americans mm. stories. Um, throwing dinosaurs. It's kind of cool. Wait, throwing dinosaurs? <laughs> there are yeah. dinosaurs in there. There, oh, throw in dinosaurs! I think yeah. you're saying I love, I love, I love when cowboys, cowboys and Native and Americans just throw dinosaurs. They yeah. like they hurl them up. They go and throw dinosaur the tossing. They yeah. do <laughs> closest, closest to the pin. Just yeah. chuck a dinosaur. See how fast you get there. They all do. Right. It's a game. Well, I hope you enjoy oh. all the issues of Torok. I don't be Wait, you um, Actually, I, I sidebar really, really quick. I have not found, or at least not since, um, uh. Those earlier issues of Jonah Hex when it was Jimmy, yeah, oh, Jimmy Palmiotti and, and Justin Gray. Gray, thank oh, you. Thank when they were <laughs> when they were when they were a writing pair. I guess they're not a writing pair anymore. Either way, uh, um, those were the I haven't best. En- I haven't enjoyed a good western since then. Do you have like a no, good you... one you would recommend? No, recommend all? no, just go back and just read go back those. and reread those. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Carry on. They were working yeah. on honestly, Jonah Hex. Right? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, they, they um, did. They did like sixty issues of Jonah Hex, and it was fantastic. Well, no, speaking... they also did a they also did a hard uh, a hardcover um, for Jonah Hex, and that was probably the best of all of them. What happened to the two of them? Like, I know Palmiotti's still around, but what the hell happened to Justin Gray? Is he still writing? And if so, what? I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. They um, were a great team. Write in and let us know if they broke up for a reason, or if Justin Gray just retired. Chris uh, Saint Saucy, good night. Look it up, Do buddy. our due diligence for us and email yeah. us and the answer. You are now the head of our research department. Start digging. But. Speaking of. In the way of um, segues. In the ways of seg. Uh, speaking of Jonah Hex, our next book featured, what is her name? Ginny, Ginny. Hex. Jenny Hex. So, so Young Justice, so Wonder <laughs> Comics, we, we, took a, we took a quick gander at this, Nolan and I did, last week. It came out this past Wednesday um, by Brian Michael Bendis and Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason, and it's the first issue of Wonder Comics, which is his teen-oriented um, uh, comic books. Imprint. And we loved it! I loved it. I loved it so much. Now, Mark, rain on our parade. What did you think? No, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Oh um, no! I, I thought I, I thought it was really good. I just hate. I hate Jimmy Hex. Now, what about the team Grand? The the, the team fuck. I'm team drunk. Lantern. The team, team Lantern. Lantern. I don't mind her. I actually like that name. Yeah, we we both groaned with pleasure. Well, well the only reason yeah. why we even know what she looks like is because the cover. Mm-hmm. Like she literally is just inside her her uh, lantern mech the whole time. She's uh um it's so this is Riri. What? <laughs> She's oh, got, uh, almost got the same hair as Riri Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if he modeled her after one of his daughters. Really? Bendis? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's got a uh, multicultural family. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, Ginny Hex, the only thing I would like I would like to see her this get a hatchet to the face. Ginny Hex get a hatchet to the fan <laughs> so that she <laughs> has her scars? that I- yeah. iconic star scar on the side of her face. That weird thing where her upper lip in the is, cover is is like attached to her lower lip via a string yeah. of a string of skin, a, a yes. string of gooey flesh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what Every I want Hex for her. Needs it. I agree. 
All right, so maybe maybe somewhere in the second or third arc, they'll um, facially disfigure her. That's if they do that. Fingers and keep keep reading. (laughs) If they do that, they have me on board, full steam. I will be on this book. No, I I, I, hundred percent greatest book. What's the one thing that that ticked you off? Well, it was the (laughs) fact that the poor young girl didn't have a facial disfigurement. A hatchet scar, as per her namesake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved it that it's Tim Drake. Yeah, um, as Robin, I loved it that Bart Sears, Bart Sears, no, Bart uh, Allen came is back. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Connor's back, even though that's a little inexplicable. Uh, right Wait, now. so what is? Do you do you guys remember anything about New Fifty Two? No. Was Connor in New Fifty Two? Yes. No, no, no. Yes, I think he was. he was sort of. I think he's sort of written out of continuity. He had the black and red suit, right? Black he and red like, T-shirt. No, no, it was like it was like this weird glowy it was like a black suit with like these weird glowy red lines in it. It felt a little bit like the Connor Kent from Young Justice and that he was grown in a tube. That's the Connor Kent from Young Justice. Yeah. So that the, That's the, Connor Kent, just yes, in general. In that's New Connor. You mean Connor? I thought you were talking about Bart. No, I'm no no no. Bart Bart came back in Flash and nothing Flash happened. Well, just recently. Yeah, yeah, just recently. Yeah. Like yeah. Th- I guess that just happened for this. They haven't talked to her or explained that at all. Um but I mean Connor like was Connor ever a part of New Fifty Two? Yeah, and that's I what don't. I'm yeah, I know that that was the start of the conversation. I'm bringing. No, Mark back there was a Superboy oh. that was breaking the walls. That was like, wasn't that's that Superboy Final Prime. Crisis? That's Final Crisis, and that's where the original um, Connor died. But I'm talking yeah. about when New Fifty Two started. Infinite, like, Infinite Crisis was a decade before New Fifty Two. Yeah. Yeah, Connor Kent. Who Sorry, wrote I'm it? eating. I'm like, eating a bag of nuts. Lobdell or something? Um, yeah, it was it was Lobdell, I believe. Oh fuck, I was joking. And they they showed us him um, inside the VR reality that was used to age him. All right, and, I'm done and, already. Oh, that's awful. Oh. <laughs> He's got a beard. No, I, okay. So, okay, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Um, did he die? Is he gone? Oh, I don't remember. Is this Connor? That same Connor? I don't remember. Hey, uh, Chris saying saucy good night. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia this for us and then let us answer, know. Yeah, in two weeks. All of our questions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you could. <laughs> all right, so. Or that's... Home Dad Abroad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have to spread yeah, it around anyone. To, to the two or, uh Or uh, Put in Tain. Yeah. Or, Give um, us a one word message. Hey, where's um, Pink Apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. We're the, we haven't heard from anyone. Pink Apocalypse. God damn it. We'll listen to anyone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's cool. I mean, does Jenny Hex have to, I don't know. It just feels like we already got Robin who has no powers. Um, and now you've got a, just a, a gunslinger. What is well, she? Okay. She, I mean, yeah. Is she resurrected? I think she's actually possessed by the soul of her grandfather. Is well, that she, what this it no, is? She pulls out, she says something about a great grandfather or whatever, um, in, in the, the gun that's in the trunk of her car. And so then she pulls out a classic-looking ray gun. Yeah. So I'm thinking that she like isn't isn't that in Hex's canon where he traveled through he time? Went the he went he, to the future. He did go to the future for a very short time at the end of his run, and it was called Hex. It wasn't even called Jonah. But Hex. like, but like, even um, it in, was not even popular. in the old days. He yeah. like that was yeah. yeah. I think that because she pulls out a, a classy-looking ray gun. I think that maybe she is a future descendant of past hex 
So maybe it is her direct grandfather, but Mm -hmm. she's this age because of the time travel? Yeah. Yeah. I I would buy that. Yeah. I would rather just see Jonah Hex show up. I want to see Jonah Hex show up with a hatchet and just smash her in the face with a hatchet. (laughs) No daughter of mine. So great granddaughter of mine. The merits of this book... Uh, Patrick Gleason is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we had talked about it last week. If this was it, like the plot of this story, if you just outlined it, it would sound fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. But it is so <laughs> kinetic and fun that you just roll with it, it and it's enjoyable. One hundred percent. I think that this is a blast. I think that this is a really good first issue. That and and I'm not speaking just from nostalgia. I do have a nostalgia for a lot of these characters. It feels like a really fun Teen Titans book without mm-hmm. being called Teen Titans. It's got that kinetic energy that I've been missing since like I don't know Jeff Johns wrote it, or Peter um, David wrote Young Justice. Yes, yeah. Well, I think I'm enjoying this so far better than the Peter David one. Just because I don't think I like Todd Nock very much. But, um, yeah, Todd Nock. Todd Nock. But, um, yeah, man, this is just a, a blast. I love the addition of the new characters. He's creating something diff- something new as well as hitting those nostalgia buttons. And I think that this is a great book that I can hand to a myriad of children who come into the shop uh, and adults alike. I, I think that this is he's really nailing it more so even than the really fun stuff he's doing on Superman. I agree. I, I think it, yeah, this this is a great first Wilson. issue in this in this whole uh, in this whole Jim new Wilson. corner of DC. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and Teen Lantern, I'm I'm immediately I, I like her name and I like it that she's a teenager with a with the Green Lantern ring. And I like her well, she has infin- a glove. In, infinitely more than um, I like uh, um, uh, Baz Jessica Jessica Cruz. Okay. I think Jessica Cruz is just a boring character. I, I, like I would rather. I don't care about either one of those guys. I, but it, I would rather oh, have yeah. Teen Teen Lantern is cool. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, she and seems like to have name. like a gauntlet or something. Well, I do remember is that she? there was a period where it looks like there's tech how, attached to it. Let me tell the story. Well, it just may not be that. Gauntlet. Shush. I mean, you might be right. So. I may be crazy. <laughs> and no. it just may be a I... lunatic. Anyway, so um, there was a Hal Jordan Green Lantern glove at some point, right? Wasn't it doing yeah, the Robert Venditti stuff? It was the, the that weird, like, gauntlet, like, that just, that, it uh, it was, like, the first weapon that just filtered the entirety of the willpower yeah. force. Mm-hmm. It was, like, or it maybe wasn't it... as refined as a glove kind of thing. But Maybe it, it has to do with... Maybe it has to do with uh, um, the original Green Lantern's stuff and not Hal Jordan. Yeah, which curious. the original Green Lantern, you know, the original Green Lantern is didn't have anything to do with the OS well, stuff. Honestly, the fact that we're having these conversations means that that we're invested. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. I, I like yes. that we're I discussing like it and wondering. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, looking I've... forward to the Wonder Twins. Ver- I, oh, they well, are yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Russell, right? Yeah. And Naomi looks okay. I, I mean, it looks like he's doing another Jessica Jones sort of story, which is which will be kind of interesting. So, who's Mark Russell? Flintstones. Mark Russell. Oh, he, he did, did the Flintstones. Flintstones. Yeah. He did the Prez. He did Snagglepuss. He's done a lot oh, of wow, really. Prez was really good. Yeah, I always forget about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, with art with by one of my favorite artists, Ben Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, we we said this last last week we're going to say it again pick this issue up if you haven't grabbed it yet this is a great jumping on point um this well, is the i would i would i would venture to say this is the best book bendis has done 
for DC. Yes, and that's me saying that on top of I super love his action in Superman comics. Yeah. So, yeah. This is, this is just fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was like, I don't know if Mark's going to enjoy this. But I'm, I'm super no, glad I, you did. I, I love Young Justice. I, I just – I love these characters. There's There are so many of – so many good characters, so many good memories I have just re- reading those books. So it's good to mm. it's good to see them back. Yeah, I agree. I'm very Especially excited Bart, for his imprint. Bart Allen is just so hard. I mean, he's, he's just he's he's been missed. It's yeah. good to have him back. Especially That's, now that he's back in Young Justice, the cartoon season three. Oh, cool! I yeah, yeah I, I gotta. But thank. I guess is that it? Anything else you guys want to talk about? Mm, not really. Okay, I'm done. I'm ready for a fucking nap. It's 12:34 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert. Parts. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week was Noel. You can check him out on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. That's correct. You can find Mark <coughs> underscore L underscore Miller at MLMillerWrites.com. Did I get that, did I get yep. that correctly? And yep, then, you got that right. And also, wait, just one yeah, second. I, uh, I This week... Uh, as an announcement, I am going to be – I am going to make my debut on Comic-Con.com. I'm going to be writing uh, a weekly horror column there, which is basically the same thing I was doing at Ain't It Cool. Dude, but that's I, killer. I'm going to be – Fucking awesome. I'm going to start that up this week. So I'm I'm getting back into the horror thing this Do week. me a favor and send me those links so that I can post them on uh, Cult Pop, Pop you know, the Facebook. Also, too, I definitely will. I, you know what? I, I, I do I, – like I, I thought about this the other day and I did – I completely forgot until now – um, I have been like making uh, adjusting my lists on Shutter and Netflix based off of uh, recommendations that you've made. Yeah. So oh, good. in in the list right now is uh, Pie Wacket and um, Ooh, good, good one. There's something else that I was like directly like a hey, oh Mark said that was really good. What else did I just I just watched a horror movie that I've been waiting and waiting and waiting the anat the uh, the autopsy of autopsy Jane of Jane Doe. Another good one. That yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah man, good. I like that a lot. Oh, and then I also I finally oh, over the break I finally saw Mandy. Oh, I haven't seen Mandy yet. <laughs> what'd you I, What'd you think of it? Uh, I think my my like one phrase review of it was like an amazing concept album with absolutely no <laughs> singles. Well, so that's true. So no yep. point of entry. Like, you <laughs> could tell it's all great, but you can't explain why. Okay, I can't wait to watch that's it. That's about I, right. I yeah. feel like I need to watch it with somebody. I'm not sure that's something I could watch on my own. But that scene of him in the bathroom, oh, I, yeah. I was like, worth price of admission. Wow, really? It's amazing. It's, yeah. amazing. it's okay. a wild fucking movie. Nice. Just also, him in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, Mark, just, just all the emotions. Mark, are you are you, are you you reading the new Fangoria? Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we I, both have I, I, I got the first issue. I haven't read anything else. But is, it, is there another issue out yet? Uh, yeah, I thought it, was it comes out tomorrow. Issue two uh, um, is better yeah cool yeah it's actually better so like uh the you know what i'm not gonna spoil the cover because they don't spoil the cover so i won't tell you who but the articles inside of it are a lot of like 2018 uh retrospective articles and it's just i love it's a good year for horror stuff yeah like they do uh, they did the top 10 kills yeah if only we had a horror podcast to talk about this stuff gosh what is that all right thank you so much for joining us (laughs) and we will oh you know what i forgot to say Please donate to the Patreon, Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. That helps out with the show. Since I'm the only one <laughs> recording and editing it, uh, it would be nice for a little bit of, uh, if you want to help out, help us out. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. We love you. I'm drunk. Talk Sweet at you later. Sweet. Talk at you later. <laughs> to do it.
Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.